You're listening to Comedy Central. June 19, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Tonight is an amazing actor. You probably know him from Narcos or Broad City, and now he's here with a brand new sketch show, Alternatino. Arturo Castro is joining us, everybody. <laughs> also on tonight's show, a billion dollars worth of cocaine. We celebrate Juneteenth, and America prepares for another war in the Middle East. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's begin with an update from Hong Kong, where millions of protesters have been marching in the streets, fighting against a proposed law that would allow China to extradite people from Hong Kong. And now, after weeks of tear gas, riot police, and violence, it looks like the protests have paid off. After mass protests this past week in Hong Kong, a major reversal today. Hong Kong's leader said she is suspending a bill that would have allowed the extradition of criminal suspects to mainland China. She said the decision was aimed at restoring calm after demonstrations and violence. People power has won for the time being in this remarkable test of wills between protesters on the streets here in Hong Kong and the Chinese government. Wow, congratulations to the people of Hong Kong. Well done, everybody. It's so exciting to see because it feels like this hardly happens, you know? You, you never see a protest get immediate results like this. It's like seeing a kid at an arcade actually win a toy from that claw machine. I've never seen it. (laughs) And I feel bad for those kids, because they never get the toy, and then when they do, I just come and steal it from them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's what made this protest so effective. Up to one-third of Hong Kong's population came out to make their voices heard. Yeah. And listen to this. One of the ways they encouraged people to take to the streets, and this is completely real, was by shutting down all of the porn sites in Hong Kong. (laughs) Which is genius. (laughs) Because I don't care how dedicated you are to a cause, porn can always distract you. (laughs) Yeah, even the most massive protest is one browser tab away from total failure. (laughs) Someone would be like, I was excited to fight for equality, but then I opened up that tab and suddenly I was tired afterwards. (laughs) Moving on to some domestic news, if you've been wondering why your cocaine dealer hasn't shown up yet, (laughs) this might explain it. The billion-dollar bust in Philadelphia. Federal agents making one of the biggest cocaine seizures in American history. An alarming sign of the drug's resurgence. Hidden on this ship, Doc, tonight in Philadelphia, federal agents say, was a huge stash of cocaine in seven shipping containers. Just over 17 tons of it, with a street value, U.S. officials say, of over $1 billion. Court documents say crew members have told investigators that the drugs were loaded onto the ship from boats while it was underway, then stuffed into containers. That's right, they seized a billion dollars worth of cocaine in Philadelphia. And I'm really happy for Philly, but I'm especially happy for Gritty, who, thanks to this bust, (laughs) has finally gotten clean. Well done, yeah. (laughs) There he is. Please call me by my real name, it's Gritchard. (laughs) 
And can you imagine, just for a second, can you imagine being the drug dealer who has to tell his boss that he lost a billion dollars of product? <laughs> just coming in like, hey, Patron, you ever had one of those days where you thought you had something in your pockets, but you check and then it's missing? <laughs> Be like, of course, that's the worst. Be like, I know, well, I bring it up because <laughs> that happened with a billion dollars of our cocaine. <laughs> Someday we're gonna laugh about this, right, Patron? Yeah? We're gonna laugh, right, but where are you going, Patron? Are you going somewhere to laugh, Patron? <laughs> also, I don't know about you, but what disturbed me even more than the cocaine itself was that it all came in by boat, which means America's gonna need another wall in the sea. Yeah. Cause that's the only way to stop both the drugs and the illegal mermaid immigration. Those mermaids are so greedy, folks. They want our gadgets and gizmos, even though they've got the who's-its and what's-its galore. They say it's better down where it's wetter, but then why do they all come here? And speaking of Trump, oh, speaking of Trump, last night, last night, Melania's husband held a rally in Florida to officially kick off his 2020 campaign. And usually, a re-election campaign offers new ideas, new policies to move the country forward. But last night's speech felt like an exact replica of him running in 2016. And when I say exact replica, I mean exact, right? In fact, when we put his speeches from 2016 with the ones from last night, well, you tell me, if you can spot anything new. Make America great again. Make America great again. The greatest theme in the history of politics. Maybe the greatest theme of all time. Drain the swamp and Hillary Clinton. Crooked Hillary. Deleted and acid washed 33,000 emails. 33,000 emails deleted, bleached. Acid wash. People are pouring in open borders. Destroy our country. Deplorable. Win, win, win. I will never, ever, ever let you down. From 2020, now in stereo. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our main story. America and Iran. The two countries are like frenemies just without the friend. <laughs> I wish there was a word for that. And now, it looks like the tensions are coming to a head. Breaking news tonight, collision course with Iran. The U.S. now blaming Iran after two ships come under attack, set on fire, growing fears of a major confrontation in the region. Secretary of State Pompeo blaming Iran for what he called unprovoked attacks. It is the assessment of the United States government that the Islamic Republic of Iran is responsible for the attacks that occurred in the Gulf of Oman today. The U.S. will send another 1,000 troops to the Middle East, citing hostile behavior by Iran. That's on top of an extra 1,500 announced just weeks ago. The Pentagon says they will be used for surveillance and intelligence gathering and to protect U.S. troops. Okay, I I'm, I'm a little confused. Did, did they say America is sending troops to the Middle East to protect the troops in the Middle East? <laughs> Who's gonna protect the new troops? <laughs> are you gonna need more troops to protect the troops who are protecting the troops? I mean, this just doesn't seem like a good idea. Like, remember that movie, The Bodyguard? This would be like if they made a sequel called The Bodyguard's Bodyguard. <laughs> and I will also always love you and you. <laughs> but that's right, America is sending thousands of troops back to the Middle East, which is a big deal. And not just because you have to pay that easy pass again. No, it's also because this could lead to war. So when America says Iran is responsible, they better have some solid proof. 
The U.S. military released this surveillance footage, which American officials tell NBC News shows Iranian sailors removing an unexploded mine from the side of one of the tankers after it was attacked. Fragments of mines and the magnets used to attach them, made by Iran, says the U.S., to attack oil tankers last week. More proof, say U.S. officials, of Iranian guilt. Iranian fingerprints apparently all over an attack that Iran denies carrying out. Iranian fingerprints? <laughs> Honestly, I, uh, I, I don't really know what that last part means. How, how can you tell that fingerprints are Iranian? Was the detective like, I knew it. Hummus. <laughs> wait, wait, hummus isn't I Iranian. I know, but if I said Subzi, you wouldn't have gotten the joke. So the U.S. claims that they have enough evidence to prove this attack was car carried out by Iran, right? But because America has a history of crying wolf in the Middle East, some of the U.S.'s allies have said that they need a little bit more than hummus fingers to be convinced. U.S. allies remain split about the allegations against Iran. Japan expressing skepticism while Germany's foreign minister stating the video provided by the U.S. is not sufficient proof. That's right, Japan, whose ship was attacked, by the way, isn't sure that it was Iran and Germany doesn't want to rush into any decisions. And I get it. Both of those countries have a bad history with war, especially Germany. Yeah, they know how they get when there's a war. <laughs> the Germans are like, I think we should all proceed carefully <laughs> and think about... No, Germany, you need to get angry, please, nein. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> Last time this happened, I woke up in Argentina with a Spanish wife. <laughs> Now, after some convincing, Germany eventually accepted America's conclusion, blaming Iran. And because of the whole weapons of mass destruction thing, you can't blame America's allies for being a little cautious when taking America's word for it, right? Because America's done this before. Imagine if your friend told you, oh my God, you gotta get down to this party, Rihanna's here. But then when you got to the party, instead of Rihanna, you just found some middle-aged guy named Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, what, that, that's not Rihanna. The guy's just standing in the corner and he's like, yeah, all I do is work, 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 work. That's all I do. <laughs> if that happened to you, you wouldn't trust your celebrity sighting friends ever again. And there is a growing agreement. There is a growing agreement that this looks like it was an attack conducted by Iran. But people are also preaching caution because maybe it was Iran's government or maybe it was a rogue element within Iran or maybe it was someone trying to frame Iran like a jealous ex, who knows? <laughs> so despite Mike Pompeo's hawkishness, and John Bolton's walrusness, most <laughs> foreign governments aren't in a hurry to go to war. But there's another person who also doesn't like the idea of war, and you'll never guess who it is. President Trump is now playing down the attacks, telling Time magazine, so far, it's been very minor. We'll see what happens. They are a much different country today than they were two and a half years ago when I came into office. When President Obama signed that horrible deal, they were screaming death to America. I haven't been hearing that lately. President Trump has said he doesn't want to go to war. President, are we going to war with Iran? I love how the press is just like waiting outside of his house as well. Hey, you want to fight with Iran? I hope not. <laughs> but yes, it turns out President Trump is not keen on a war with Iran, which I am all for. 
I mean, maybe he thinks that this is a bad idea, or maybe he's just worried that the military might try and draft him again, you know? <laughs> it's like, Mr. President, we recommend a war against Iran. Oh, my bone spurs are back, they're back. <laughs> they come back every 50 years. So the good news is, despite his Twitter fingers, Trump is not a fan of trigger fingers. <laughs> but don't get too comfortable yet, because unfortunately, there are lots of people around him trying to change his mind. The Hawks continue to circle this president, urging him toward action. They're in his ear, making the case for possible intervention. You have Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, National Security Advisor John Bolton, who are a lot more hawkish, who want to be more aggressive in their stance toward the Iranians. Last week, Pompeo uh, went to Congress and delivered a presentation arguing that this administration could use the same authorization of force uh, the Bush White House used in the fight against al-Qaeda after 9-11. Wow. Did you pick up what they just said there? 18 years later, Mike Pompeo and his friends are trying to use 9-11 as an excuse to go to war with another country that had nothing to do with 9-11. That's what they want. Yeah. And I mean, haven't the troops spent enough time in the Middle East? Just bring them home. They deserve it. Yeah. Just bring them home. <laughs> they deserve to come home. And we deserve to see more of those adorable dog reunion videos. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, you know there's gotta be one dog who just doesn't give a shit, right? <laughs> there's probably one dog where the guy's like, I'm home, and he's like, hey, Larry, right? Oh, yeah, I guess you used to live here. All right, well, uh, I'm gonna go look at a bird, but uh, thank you for your service, I guess. <laughs> look, man, here's the thing. I'm not saying America should never fight wars. Right, that's who you are, I get it. <laughs> but do you really think now is the time to start another war? Because it almost feels like, it almost feels like America does war the same way people do Netflix, you know? <laughs> yeah, we start a bunch of things, but we never really commit, you know? People just hang out, oh my God, you know what I heard could be great? This new war, Iran. People are like, yeah, oh, but wait, we still need to finish Iraq, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we still need to finish that. And aren't we still in the middle of Syria? Whatever happened there? Yeah, I couldn't follow the plot. There were so many bad guys. By the way, who started Niger? Is someone using our account? What is that? <laughs> oh my God, I just realized we never even finished Afghanistan. <laughs> we started that like 20 years ago. So what are we gonna pick? Actually, I'm tired. Let's just go to bad. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. I'm saying I understand America can't not fight a war, but instead of going with a streaming model, Maybe America should switch back to the old school DVD plan, all right? You can start a new war as soon as you finish the ones you already have. We'll be right back. is a really special day in African-American history. And to learn more about it, we turn to Roy Wood Jr. in another episode of CP Time. Welcome to CP Time, the only show that's for the culture. The month of June is a special time in America. It's the start of summer. It's the time allergies wreak havoc on our sinuses. And it's the month my hyperactive child is out of school and back in the house all day. The whole point of having kids is for them to be somewhere else. If I knew my son was gonna be around this much, I wouldn't have had him. June is also a special month for black people. 
because it marks the holiday Juneteenth, celebrating when slavery ended on June 19, 1865. Now, many people think slavery was ended in 1863 by everyone's favorite exhausted magician, Abraham Lincoln. But many slaves weren't actually freed until two and a half years later, proving that even black people's freedom runs on CP time. So in celebration of Juneteenth, I'd like to talk about some of the slaves who celebrated their freedom early by escaping from slavery on their own. Slaves like Henry Box Brown, a Virginian slave who snuck inside of a wooden crate and shipped himself to Philadelphia where he could live as a free man. The trip took 27 grueling hours. It could have been same day, but Box Brown couldn't afford Amazon Prime. <laughs> Luckily, Henry Brown arrived safely in Philadelphia and turned his story into a stage act. Every night, Henry would climb into that same wooden crate to reenact the arduous journey that carried him to freedom, which was brave of him. I don't know if I could relive a traumatic experience like that over and over again. And I've had bad experiences with packages. Back in the day, I used to work for a moving company. One time I moved all of a customer's possessions to the wrong apartment. My customer thought I was a thief and the people in the apartment thought I was a reverse burglar. Everyone was equally upset. Another slave who took his freedom into his own hands was Lewis Williams. He actually escaped slavery not once, but twice. After his first escape, he was caught and brought to trial, but he got a lookalike to switch places with him in the courtroom. And by the time the courts realized what had happened, Lewis had escaped again. Although that lookalike was probably just a random black guy if we're being real about it. Because Lewis knew that those white folks couldn't tell black people apart. Just the other day, I was mistaken for Forrest Whitaker, which would normally be flattering. But unfortunately, Mr. Whitaker owed this gentleman a substantial amount of money. He whooped my ass, Forrest. He owed me. But maybe the most heartwarming escape is that of William and Ellen Craft, two slaves who got married and decided to run away. Because Ellen had light skin, they hatched a plan where she dressed in men's clothing, wrapped her head in bandages, and posed as an injured white man. William then posed as her servant, and the two boarded a train north. Now, being on a train full of white men must have been scary, but I can only assume that Ellen practiced her white man small talk. Well, yes, fellow white person, I too am afraid of the sun. Yes, sunblock, 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 SPF, UV, sunblock, sunblock. So the next time June 19th comes, remember these stories of heroic slaves. Well, Virginia, everyone, we'll be right back. is an actor and comedian who is the creator and star of the new Comedy Central sketch series called Alternatino with Arturo Castro. Please welcome Arturo Castro. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I don't know why I immediately do prayer hands every time. 
I, I just think, hear a clap. I think it's a sign of humility. Yes, That's hello, what that thank is. You. It's just like I, I praise you and I, I thank, you. You, thank, and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me, man. But thank a... you for being on the show. And thank you thank for you having much. Dimples. Uh, yeah, Dimples Gang. Uh, that's the only reason I had you on. I was like, there's something about this guy. Surgically placed. That's Congratulations great. on the new show. Thank you so much. Before yeah. we get into that, I want to talk to uh, you about some of the roles people may have seen you from because you are one of my favorite actors. Oh, thank in you. In that you have such a range. <laughs> like, genuinely. So I remember the first time I saw you was on Broad City. Right. right? That's where a lot of people love you from. <laughs> and then I remember I was watching Narcos and... There's a spoiled brat. Terrible Who's like, yeah, the, the terrible human being who's a son of like the cartel and like one of the guys in the cartel. And, and, and I'm watching like five, six episodes in. I was like, wait a minute. Is that Broad City? Yeah. Is that, is that it's you? It's actually a version of Broad City. And, that, that's, yeah. and then I was just like, wait, wait. And it's so confusing to me, but like, but it, you, you, you completely flip as a character. You actually had people who had a conspiracy theory that it was the same character. Yeah, that he went into witness protection program after Narcos and just decided to become a Jaime. He's like, I'm done with the violence. Hello, everybody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was shooting both shows simultaneously, you know, so I was flying back and forth, and sometimes they'd be torture scenes, and I'd be like, take that on. Tomare, tomalo. Okay, and they're like, you're doing high, and I'm like, oh, crap! Okay. <laughs> oh, Hand me a gun so I know what to do with my hands. Yeah, well, that was two characters. <laughs> yeah. Now you're doing, what, 40 characters? How 42 many different characters. people do you do I also played a taste bud in a Wazoo Taffy commercial, so let's not forget that. It's... <laughs> Very versatile then as yeah, but well. This, but this is a sketch show where you are playing. I mean, we saw we saw a little hint of it there, and and um, I mean, you you cover everything. It's it's not a political sketch show. This is no. a sketch show. You, yeah. you you know, you do stuff about Guatemala, where you're from. You know, you do stuff about America. You do stuff about just like just dating and the world, sure. and being Latino. How like how do you even come up with a show like that? And why was it important for you to make it as varied as it is? Well, my mother calls me and tells me what to do, so I'm just really <laughs> sticking to that plan. Uh, no, I have a wonderful writer's room. I'm very verse one thankfully and there's their minds are so creative but like the thing about sort of dating scenes is that like you know being latino everybody sort of expects you to be like suave you know and really like spicy food or be really good at dancing i'm a terrible dancer i really like matcha you know it doesn't go with the vibe so <laughs> i've never seen somebody sort of like be as neurotic as i am i think you know on television so i thought i'd give a little bit of a spin on that right it doesn't go with the stereotypes it doesn't go with the stereotype man i suck at spicy food i mean like really i'm the dude with a glass of milk at the mexican restaurant you know and like even like the other waiters walk by like no cool cabrón no cool <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not a spicy loving guy. Um, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions are about being Latino that you've come across in America that you try and debunk in the show? Well, you know, there's this thing about being ultra-violent or being lazy. Like, you know, the most, the most common misconception is about Latinos being, immigrants being lazy, where I find Latino immigrants to be some of the hardest working people in the world, right? And so... <laughs> Latino immigrants. <laughs> this is about it. Oh, look at them. Look at these wonderful faces. Uh, those are misconceptions. The suaveness are misconceptions. Right. The word mama's boy is completely true. Uh, that one is completely accurate. But I just, you know, I find humor to be a really, um, you know, informative tool and an empathy building tool. Yes. And so my whole theory is that 
If you see somebody go through something uh, that you can relate to and they don't look like you, then maybe next time you see them, it will be less foreign to you. That's interesting. And I really like wearing wigs <laughs> and uh, putting on dresses and uh, shaving my legs. So it really works out, you know, <laughs> for the type of thing I want to do. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a really exciting show. Uh, the first episode premiered. We're about to see a whole bunch of your, your, your comedic talents and your, and your acting. There's got to be one character that you enjoy playing than, mo- than most. Uh, who is that yeah. one character that you feel like, this is, this is secretly Arturo if you couldn't be yourself? Well, yeah, I think the Pitbull one was really fun. Because uh, I don't do a direct imitation of him, just my interpretation of him, and it's all just me going like, Dale, I love Bud Light Lime, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just like me going like that for four hours, and like, you know, the bald cap and sort of the... But the thing is, so we wrote this in L.A., right? And my writers and I forgot that there's this thing called weather. And then we, we shoot a bunch of like Puerto Rico sketches in shorts and winter you know, in New York City. So right. this for Pitbull, I was in a bathrobe uh, in Long Island on January 17th, just freezing my ass off, you know? And so Dale gets harder to say, like, Dale, Dale, Dale. <laughs> and your mouth gets tinier and tinier. So I hope Pitbull appreciates the tiny mouth perspective that I'm giving him. Yeah, you know? just be like, hey, Pitbull, it was all the weather, It's all friend. the weather, It was brother. all the weather, man. You gotta Dale in your hot meat, 100%. And I'm like, what am I talking about, you know? Dude, I'm so excited for the show. <laughs> Thank I'm you excited so to see you acting out as 42 people plus a taste bud. Thank you so much Thank for being on the so show. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Arthur Latino with Arturo Castro as Tuesdays at 10.30 p.m. on Comedy Central. Arturo Castro, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.